Hi there, hello you, welcome to episode 186 of Riot Act, the alternative music podcast. As ever, I am Stephen Hill, and as ever, he is Renfrey Deadman. I'm losing my voice a little bit, Renfrey. I was having a kind of quiet, breathy sing-along to what we saw last night. Yeah. Uh, but I've woken up and I was like, maybe I was kind of exerting myself. I was doing that thing where you kind of, I was doing the kind of my indoor voice um at the show yesterday but yeah i was still woken up with a bit of a croaky throat it probably had nothing to do with the six beers i had definitely the mm. the, the singing yeah mm. yeah i had a few you all right beers. yeah well look uh basically i was gonna say i kind of feel the same as you and you can probably mm. hear I, I just started you're the first person i've spoken to all day today and we started talking about five minutes ago i was like oh hello my voice is in a completely different register to how it normally is so yes um uh, we will talk about that later but many beers were had yeah, I don't want to have six beers on a Tuesday anymore. No, neither do I. Although we should thank you. Uh, we should thank um, Warners for taking us out, <laughs> basically. Yeah, they did. They were very nice. Uh, Thanks, they were Tom. Very, very and, nice, so thank you. Uh, and um, uh, I'll tell you what actually might be with my voice as well. Did a lot of Tom Jones impressions when we went out for tacos, <laughs> didn't I? <laughs> I Started doing that. endless Tom Jones impressions. <laughs> oh, come on. Do you want to give us one now? You can't I tease the like, like that. No, I think I can. Okay. I think I'm gonna. I think because you know when Sorry we do reload, when we do reload on classic album by Tom Jones, almost <laughs> <laughs> fat out my coffee. Which is what we were talking about yesterday. That album with mm. um, Sex Bomb and Sex um, Bomb, Sex Bomb. Yeah, there you go. Well, there's Renfrey's, there's oh. Renfrey's impression of uh, <laughs> uh, of Tom Jones. That's my impression of me <laughs> singing Sex Bomb by Tom Jones. Right. Okay. Good. Renfrey's cover. <laughs> I tell my yeah, sex bombs it. the things that I used to tell you. <laughs> what an image. Yeah. Uh, but it was good. We'll talk about that in a yeah. minute. This week on the show, we're going to be talking about what we did last night, which I've weirdly teased without saying what it was. We went to see Gang of Youths at Brixton Academy. We're going to be talking about the Rolling Stones. We're going to be talking about Jack White. We're going to be talking about Dolly Parton. Yeah. Making her first appearance on Riot Act, I believe. How cool is that? Dolly Parton. Have we, get we not to talk talked about. about Jolene at any point? Surely we've talked about Dolly Parton, have we not? I don't think we've ever talked about Dolly Parton. I, oh, I genuinely, all right, well. genuinely don't think that we have have spoken about Dolly Parton before. Okay. Um, cool. uh, and we're going to be talking about new albums from Cypress Hill, from Feeder, and from Glosson. Glosson. Whoever they are, you'll find out in a little bit. And glossing. we are glossing. We're going to be glossing over that. Come on. And um... <laughs> oh, I thought me saying it in a shit Scottish accent was terrible, but then you, you went even further down to the depths of the yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. Amazing. As well. uh, and we act. welcome to right act. <laughs> and because we started talking about films the other week, we've been in a little bit of a sort of movie yeah. obsession. We yeah. started talking about soundtracks the other day, and we decided to talk. We picked one each. Um, terrible films with great soundtracks it's a thing yeah it is a thing and we're going to be talking about a couple of them in a little bit before we do that as usual i'm going to point you in the direction of our patreon page patreon.com forward slash right act podcast if you would like to sign up for some exclusive content we had a little bit of a mystery on the old rioters <laughs> review yeah. last week which i believe has now been solved i believe it has yeah so we did a port uh, a port z 
Uh, we did third by Portishead was our, our last variety interview that we put out yeah. last week. Yeah. And we've got a list that we kind of, every time you suggest something, we tr- one of us tries to sort of put it on this absolutely fucking huge list sign up for any amount you can suggest an album and it will go on that list i think it's seven, which is long pages at the moment <laughs> it's a lot it's, of pages I, like i fucking I, uh, thank you so much obviously obviously we're not saying oh suggestions are closed or anything like that but i fucking no, hate looking at that list i genuinely because <laughs> i'm like well, I, I love it i'm like i know look at do, this but i'm just cavalcade like treasure trove of music that we can listen to well, i think i look at lovely that, patrons i think i look at that list and i'm like well this is five percent of the rest of my life you know <laughs> like this is what i'm gonna be doing for like i, I but you know it's fine please mm. keep suggesting stuff. i don't want to give the wrong impression please keep suggesting stuff and i will keep every week going is is this the week we do pure by three colors red <laughs> and renfrey's like no let's uh, leave no, no, it no, i'm happy to it. do it i'm happy to do it i want to do it yeah yeah yeah, we'll yeah, it. yeah, we'll yeah. so anyway we did third by portishead and we somehow deleted the, the person's suggestion because what we do is we tend to take yeah. it from one list which is to be done and add it to the have done have done list. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Well, i think what happened is we deleted it from the to be done list before yes. we did it and then we didn't put it back into the have done so we were like oh shit i think we've done the wrong thing and yeah. then we found that somebody else had suggested porter z by porter z the second yes. porter z album yes. that's going to come in a couple of weeks yes it's all sorted now you've got porter z third we yes. will do porter z porter z but in the meantime this coming week we're going to be doing mitski because she's been in the news recently sort of her fans have been weird and i just thought you know capitalize on that yeah and it's a good chance to talk about an artist that we've never spoken about before so yeah. we're going to be doing mitski on riotier's review this week i actually can't remember the name of the album off the top of my head and i haven't written it down i see know how easy see how easy these things happen <laughs> i know it's it's called bury me at makeout creek bury um, me at makeout creek that's it. i know approximately nothing about mitski so it'll be an interesting one from that point of view i think mm. it's rodney sedgwick that we need to apologize for i think we end up yes it is his stuff so um but you know he solved the mystery for us so thank you rodney thank you for sorting out our lives and can uh, i just say by the way i'd never listened to that port z third I mean, if you sign up, you can listen to what I think about it. Little bit of a spoiler. Fucking, I, I just love Portishead so much. Yeah. It will not be the last time I, I wax lyrical about a band from Bristol doing a kind of trip hoppy thing this week. But, oh, man. No, it won't be, will it? No, yeah, yeah. no it won't be, no. A couple of times, actually. Mm, uh, yeah. But I, yeah, I I, uh, I I really, I just really love Portishead. I think they're fucking amazing. Yeah. Uh, I, was, I was just waving my, I just did a... Uh, into the microphone, which I realised that people won't understand why the hell I did that. Uh, So apologies, but I was just waving my copy of Porter's Head, Porter's Head, uh, Mm -hmm. uh, around to the camera to Steve, uh, because I did say that I was going to buy it so that we could do it on Writer's Review. uh, And you have. And I have. I've, I've, you know, that's my word. Uh, Not that I needed to do that, because obviously streaming services exist, but, you know, it's Porter's Head. I'm going to want to own it, aren't I? I'm guessing, before I've even listened to it. Support the things you you enjoy a lot. Yeah, exactly. Um, obviously, do you want to if you do or? sign up, we have got yeah, we've got a lot of uh, writers' reviews up already from various different artists that you have suggested over the years. So, like I say, for for a pound or more, you can get writers' reviews on the likes of Nick Cave, the Natural Born Killers soundtrack. Just throwing that in because we mm. were thinking actually. Because just before we started this, we were going, are there actually any good like you know what what constitutes a good soundtrack? Well, I guess. Natural Born Killers kind of does constitute a good soundtrack. There we go. That's true, actually. That's actually a very good point. Cavell Attack, Killing Joke, Death, Block Party, Helmet, London Grammar, 
Biffy Clyro, Candlebox, Just because you mentioned Block Party, I'm so sorry. Uh -huh. I've just announced uh, an, intimate gate, uh, an intimate date at the garage on the 30th of this month. and I'm, I'm Have like, they really? Mm, but it's the same Ooh. night as Fucked Up. I'm quite upset about that. Apologies. Oh. I completely interrupted the patron thing. I had to get that out. Continue, Steve. Well, you just made... <laughs> okay. Uh, I think you've done the slint. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> uh, and also, finally, we got, we got, you should have, as you're listening to this, I don't believe it's gone up as we record, but Muse's Origin of Symmetry, Renfrey's deep dive on the prog rock superstars Muse. We recorded that yesterday. It was quite long. It was very I, deep. Ooh, I didn't say that minute. much. I'm not going to lie. If you're sick of my voice, <laughs> don't worry. There's one for you to listen to because I don't say that much on it, to be yeah. honest. <laughs> yeah, no. I, um, I mean, so as we record this, I have not edited it together yet, but uh, it's actually my next job after we record this. Uh, we're recording this a little bit early because um, Steve said, well, you might as well actually talk about what you're doing on, um, this this weekend. Or just Yeah, I'll do it after the, okay. uh, the, the, um, the, the, the classic album sell, which I think is... But, but yes, like it, a bit more pressing to be yes, honest. Yes, yes, yes. But it, it will be <laughs> it will be up uh, uh, by the time you hear this. And yeah, it's around three hours long. So um, I I did not expect to go on for that long. I have to admit. Uh, but there you go. Um, we like to do deep dives. And um, mm. and to be fair, I, I I think fascinating record for lots of different reasons. Lots of yeah, different reasons. Yeah, certainly the context surrounding that record made me. Um, thaw out to muse a lot more than i initially thought i would now look as a, again a little spoiler i don't come out of it going oh my god i think i love muse i still Definitely kind not. of i didn't really have a strong opinion either way of this particular album but i do have i think the problems that i have with muse they still kind of remain but it's hard to argue against the fact that muse are i think we called them like one of the biggest cult bands in the world yeah and you kind of have to respect the dogged, single-minded determination of a band to do things their way. Absolutely. And I can't deny that. Um, okay, they, well, there you go. You might have already heard that. But to, you know, to go over and sign up for £5 a month, two classic albums a month, next one should be coming hot on the heels of this. I have got a very busy week next week, Renfrey. So the next one might be the week after that, to be perfectly honest. Because next week, I'm going to see... Don Broco, mm. Madness, mm -hmm. Liam Gallagher and Ed Sheeran all in the same week. Yes, you do have a busy old time of it, don't you? Busy old week, aren't mm. I? Yeah. Mm. Um, and I might even go to the comedy club at night as well. Yeah. Uh, quite a lot going good on. Friend Joel. Well, I say good yeah. friend. I've not spoken to him for ages, but yeah, our friend Joel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Our acquaintance Joel. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So, um, that, yeah, it's going to be, it's gonna, next week's going to be a bit of a mad one. Yeah. But um, yeah. anyway. But that classic album that I'm doing will be The Offspring's Smash, which I think I said last week. Yeah, Just going to reiterate that. So the biggest selling indie record in history is what we're going to be doing next. Quite looking forward to that. There's already classic albums up there from the likes of Gojira, Neil Young, Morbid Angel, Specials, Lauren Hill, Seager Ross, Foo Fighters, System of a Down, Jane's Addiction, Baroness, Typo Negative, PJ Harvey, Pink Floyd, Opeth, Pesh mode loads loads up there already so go and have a little look like i said patreon.com forward slash right act podcast and yes the reason why we're recording not this makes fucking anything to you to be honest but the reason we're recording a little bit early this week is because i'm going to brighton and you 
probably have listened to or heard us speak speak about it at least the guys from pop collaborate and listen i'm going to be on pop collaborate and listen i'm recording an episode with them guess which band they've asked me to do rem free well i know do you want me oh to, <laughs> well it's, me to it's you too so i'm doing zeropa on pop collaborate and listen so pop collaborate and listen which you should all definitely listen to like i think i said a few times before it's probably my favorite podcast um that i'm not on although i am going to be on it now so <laughs> it'll be my third favorite podcast um okay. <laughs> uh they review every they kind of re-review every number one album in the uk single in the uk album charts uh throughout the whole of the 90s and they've reached 1993 and zeropa by u2 and they've asked me to go on and um you know explain to all of their listeners why that album is great and you're a fucking fool if you don't like u2 basically <laughs> i think that's not how they phrased it that's how i'm interpreting it i'm really looking forward to um you know i'm a fan of pop collaborate and listen in fact i introduced them to you and um i i'm really looking forward to crossing the streams in that like my work podcast life and my casual like casual listening my my my, you know um uh uh, what i listen to for fun kind of thing just sort of merging into one i think it's going to make me feel quite strange listening to that episode because i don't know know where i am and what i'm doing but i'm Mm. looking forward to it um on that motif can i quickly because a couple of weeks ago actually and i forgot to mention this on the show i have mentioned it on socials and stuff like that um but i actually made an appearance on um our mutual friend paul uh, paul from oms the band oh yes people will be aware that's another great podcast it is and you've been on it as well let I me have, do my yeah. plug first and then you can do yours uh well, so yeah <laughs> so um uh paul very kindly asked me to come on um to talk about studio 666 which we did talk about on this show as well but me and paul covered quite different ground actually and it's uh it'll be i think it came out like two weeks ago monday or something like that but um it was really good fun and and uh, yeah that was a fun chat as well so it's called a year in horror by the way yes. the podcast oh, that renfrey is talking about a year in Sorry. horror with yeah. paul waller and not well um not weather and um yeah i did uh, i did thriller by michael jackson on it last year i think was it last year yeah it was around last year did thriller by michael jackson on that podcast and it was a good time and nice. i think paul actually i actually requested to do something when it comes out when he does because he does the years in quite random orders the things that yes. he kind of covers so um uh yeah go and check out both of those podcasts they're both really mm. good I think that and Hellbent for Metal are pretty much the only other podcasts that I listen to. I mean, not like I listen to our us all the time. I do listen to us all the time because I have to fucking edit this thing. <laughs> but yeah, but yes. Well, we can, <laughs> um, and uh, while we're talking about other podcasts, we might as well shout out Broken Records, which for the past two weeks has been in rare form. Obviously, we do our other podcast, Searching for the Worst Album Ever Made. Last week, we did Richard Blackwood, which was very funny. This yeah. week, if you kind of dip in and out of broken records, I would say this week is quite a hard, it, it's a different vibe, but I'm actually, it sounds a bit sort of, oh, I'm quite proud of what we did, but I, I, I think considering we the, what we were dealt with, what we mined from, it's a big episode, basically. This week's, the broken records that is out at the moment, if you're listening to this podcast the day it comes out, our latest one on My Teenage Dream Ended by Farah Abraham is um is is certainly a it's certainly one of the i guess if it was horrible saying like landmark or you know most 
it's one of the most if you listen to that podcast and you listen a bit I'd, I'd say it's one of the essential ones to listen to but it's not much fun so i'm just gonna sort of flag that up it it, it, it was a tough one i think broken records for me and steve bar actually listening to the album itself the actual process of researching and all that sort of stuff it's usually actually quite fun you know um and um with this particular episode that is absolutely was not the case at all it was no fun whatsoever um i am not going to say that the podcast is fun to listen to either because i don't think it is but yeah it's i feel like it's an important oh god i'm not going to call it I, look episode. i don't want to get too sort of up our own ass and yeah, say oh, what yeah, we yeah, did yeah, was yeah. important but i think i looked at a bunch of stuff from that record and i just there was a load of I, I think we both went out of our way to make sure that we approached it differently to how everybody else had approached it. That's yes. what I'm going to say. That's a far better way of putting it than me saying, oh, it's so important, which I didn't mean. <laughs> yeah. So apologies for that. But yes, absolutely. But yeah, if you do kind of dip in and out of Broken Records, and I well, you should listen to it, really. It's good. Um, but yeah, that's one to listen to, I think, for a variety of reasons. Anyway, there's three brand new records that we've been listening to this week, Renfrey, that we should talk about before we get into the rest of the show. We have recently received the promo for the Black Album. Not the Metallica album, not the Weezer album, but the brand new album from Cypress Hill. The 10th studio album from the LA hip-hop legends. Uh, it's called Back, Back in, in Black. Black Steve. Back in Black. Not <laughs> God, yeah, sorry. I knew it was a massively <laughs> iconic. Uh, I love it. You don't Shall rarely, do you don't rarely fuck up gags, but when you do, love it, oh. love it, yeah, love it. That was a fuck up. I nearly, I nearly <laughs> went. Oh, should I do that again? Should I do no, that again? No, but no, actually, no, 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 no. It's no, not called the black. Yeah, it's called Back in Black. <laughs> not the ACDC <laughs> album, Back in Black. <laughs> oh, I love it, love it. <sighs> but anyway, it's the 10th studio album from the LA hip-hop legends, the follow-up to 2018's Elephants on Acid. I'm going to say straight away, 10 tracks. Only one of them, the final track, ticks over the four-minute mark, and that's four minutes and five seconds. So it only just goes over the four-minute mark. It's 32 minutes and 27 seconds. I add takes, it up like well a done. nerd. Yep. Uh, <laughs> takes a leaf out of that corn album, of nine tracks in sort of 32 minutes and classic bands more of this please more of this more of this you only need a couple of bangers to whack into your live set from a new album that's all you're going to do when you go and tour it don't bore me with 55 minutes an hour of not as good material from a not as good period of your career Uh give me a few good ones get in and out and then when it finishes i'll go Fucking hell, I might listen to Black Sunday now because I really like Cypress Hill. Or I might listen to Untouchables because I really like Corn. (laughs) Insert band you like here, right? This is the great, a great way to approach new material if you're a band who's been around for 30 years. I just think it is. I completely, completely agree. Um, And and it's kind of baffling that 
it's baffling that bands go the other way i suppose really but um you know it's less work to do <laughs> less songs isn't it that's just math yeah. um yeah uh you know as a result this album doesn't outstay its welcome i'm saying that as someone who isn't particularly a big cypress hill fan they were one of those um <laughs> this sounds like such a strange thing to say in 2022 but they were one of those hip-hop acts that it was okay to listen to if you listen to metal do you know what you know what i mean steve when I I, I do know what you mean. I think it's a re- I think that's a really antiquated point of view, but that was a nineties thing. It's like, oh no, 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 it's okay. Cypress Hill are okay. Uh NWA well, are okay. Public Enemy are okay, you know, blah blah blah. Yeah, well f- I mean funnily enough, I recently did um a in metal I don't know if I'm allowed to yeah, it's gonna be out in a couple of weeks, so I'm sure I'm allowed to a little bit of a spoiler, a little bit of kind of a pre thing. But um I got the uh, I got to speak to Sendog from Cypress Hill about Insane in the Brain for Metal Hammer. Oh, and how sweet. this is a this is a song that, you know, metal fans embrace the kind of hip hop act for the first time sort of thing. And is I was nice? like Is he nice, Sendog? He was really nice. Yeah. yeah. He was a to- he was a great he was a good dude. That's he cool. was a good dude. He didn't I like that. Actually have loads to say about the rec- he couldn't really remember much about the recording of the song That's itself. Okay. But then I have That's to okay. say, um when you're in Cypress Hill, I imagine um you know <laughs> long term in the studio in the issue. studio at that that point i'm sure that quite a lot of things got forgotten about you know i mean i you know it, again this is not to to come out of my medical corner here technically that affects short-term memory more than long-term memory but sure yes uh <laughs> what what they would have been smoking um but yeah absolutely um i, I think yeah i mean as i as i you know I, I i was not really a cypress hill fan i was saying this to you yesterday when we were at the gang of youth show never really got on with b reels voice i think that's a relatively common thing i think b reels voice is just one of those things um where it's the billy corgan effect you know it can be a bit uh nails down a chalkboard and you either can get over that or you can't and i never really have managed to do so i have to admit um didn't uh annoy me anywhere near as much as i thought he would on this record um he's not he's, he's not he's going not i mean i didn't think he, he wasn't going sort of full uh full he doesn't go full um nasal nasal uh, mm. yeah yeah that yeah. as much yeah i think yeah. his voice yeah. has changed over the years I, yeah i i, I it, it was far more it was far easier for me to to do like deal with on this record to be fair so yeah yeah, yeah funny actually because that's one of the things that i really like about cypress hill was the fact that he's got such a i mean i think we're so distinctive so distinctive i think with yeah. you know with hip-hop that is pretty important i mean you know, look, said it a bunch of times before very important to have a distinctive sound to your voice when that is kind of the lead instrument uh, of course and how many times i bore myself going on about identity and how important it is and with acts and bands and blah 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 and obviously um i think that's quite a di- identity is quite in, you know there's lots of hurdles in hip-hop in order to get your own sense of identity i think uh, just i think probably simply because you have generally have less to play with generally so you know be real gives cypress hill let me rephrase that be real gives cypress hill a large part of their identity yeah. um so yeah not in any way going oh he's shit or anything like that i don't believe that for a millisecond it's just not not my not to my taste yeah okay fine i mean there has been chat that this is some sort of return to form and i have to be honest right for me um i haven't really gone in on 
the last few Cypress Hill records probably dating back about maybe about 15 years or so now. I haven't been a while one since Skull and Bones the, okay the double rock and hip hop yeah. crossover um, which was what I mean, 2001 that was 2000 2000 yeah uh, yeah the so I think the years. last one <laughs> I listened to um, was Stoned Raiders in 2001 actually so it's more like 20 years I haven't listened to kind of any of the last three until this one came along and i've read a few things saying this is a sort of return to the early sound of cypress hill and yada 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 and i i wouldn't really know if they've deviated too much over the last 20 Mm. years but i think it definitely sounds like cypress hill definitely sounds like kind of classic cypress hill i mean there's a yeah. song on it called bye bye which i think is really good uh, uh, i have to, what easily one of the best songs on the record i it's a guy on it called dizzy Wright, mm. and i thought he was kendrick when he oh, first came in right he's got okay, he really reminded me of i was like fuck me is that kendrick lamar and it's not but he had something like the thing uh, i think the thing about the show i think a little he bit. Does, on, on well, that song thi- he on that does. song he he's re- that's a really good he's, feature yeah. and um you know, I, I, this sounds enough like Cypress Hill to make old school Cypress Hill fans enjoy it. I think yeah, there's a few oh, songs on, and I think as well, one thing I've, that I always liked about Cypress Hill back in the day is I felt like there was much more of a sense of live instrumentation within Cypress mm-hmm, Hill mm-hmm, than mm-hmm. there was with certain other of their peers. I mm-hmm. believe, um, and you know, there's definitely you know guitar lines in this, and there seems to be kind of live percussion, and you know, obviously it is. A lot of it is sample led, and I don't think it's a full band in the way that it um, that it might have been on Skull and Bones, for example. Was it called Skull and Bones album? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? Skull and Bones. Yeah, and um, uh, yeah, so it, it's not the sort of full instrumentation in the same way as, as that record mm. was, but there's enough kind of additional stuff to it, which I think gives it gives the thing about Cypress Hill that, that why they appeal to rock fans, I think, is because their music was a bit kind of darker but also quite dense and thicker sounding than a than a lot of hip-hop like kind of or more more analog sounding than a lot Mm. of the hip-hop from that time so i think they've they've still got that it's maybe not quite as abrasive as they were back in the day but then Mm. you know like i say this is 30 years down the line from their their glory period so I, I i think this is good i mean i think the only song which i which i listened to on the whole album where i was like you could pop that on the first album or the first couple of albums was um was the original which i thought had enough mm. kind of aggression to it that made me think yeah that actually that actually matches the 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 kind of the real sort of um energy of the early stuff but uh, mm. but overall as a sort of slightly older but brought up to date version of the thing that they were doing that made them popular in the 90s I think this is a pretty good record. And like I say, 32 minutes gets out pretty quickly. If you haven't listened to a Cypress Hill album for a long, 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 long time, and you're like, oh, I used to really like that band, much like I have, I think you could I think you could do a lot worse. Yeah, I, I imagine you could. Um, there isn't... I don't think there's anything on this album that I think is rubbish, you know. Um, there isn't that much on it that I think is great either if i'm totally honest um the the bye bye song that you mentioned absolutely i like break of dawn too um Mm -hmm. 
I, I, I don't understand what Be Real's problem with Dawn is, but fine. Um, I think uh, that's that's funny. You need to hear the song to yeah. find that funny. Um, yeah. yeah, that's like an Arrested Development joke. You'll you'll get that like in three days' time. Um, yeah. <clears throat> I uh, I mean I'm not a fan, am I? So you know, of course I'm not going to return to this. But but uh, it feels like you said it feels authentic to what they did in the part like when they started in their glory period from what i know um so i don't see any reason why cypress hill fans wouldn't get some enjoyment out of this i can't imagine it replacing you know black sunday as their most listened to cypress hill record or whatever no you no know. no i think that's a slightly unrealistic thing to uh, you know what i mean it's very it would be very very rare that that might happen mm. no it has happened in the past but it's very rare yeah. It, this is this is decent you know like this is decent i was wondering um how just as a sort of comparison point from a uh from a artist of the time how do you feel this compares to say that public enemy record that we did a couple of years ago for oh, example this is, this is better than that i think mm. yeah there's nothing there were a few bits on that public enemy album where i mean again so long so far too long. long far too long covers of their own songs like mm. reimagines their own songs don't need that don't although need although that it. ended up being better than we thought it would be didn't it yeah but, but i think still, yeah I but still, still it's like it. fuck me man this album's yeah. like what was it 50 something minutes and you're all and then you're putting yeah. a remake of one of fight your own power, songs on yeah. there and there was are a few bits it was fight the power yeah, yeah. yeah. and but there, and there was a few bits on there that i thought like teetered des- sort of a bit close close to kind of embarrassing where you were like oh man this is not good this Mm. is actually Mm. not good Mm. um and that said with a lot of love for public enemy as a band but for me there's absolutely nothing embarrassing on here nothing embarrassing at all i think it sounds close enough to the spirit of cypress hill for you to enjoy it and i think it's got looking at it open your mind bye bye the original quite like hit em high I actually like the ride at the end, which is the last song, yes. is the longest song, and is got is got a real sort of that's got a, a, a real a much slower kind of creepier vibe to it as well. Yeah, I that, that think, would be my other highlight. I have three yeah. highlights, and that's the last of the three. So yeah. yeah, I think you know, there's half of this album is really good, half of it is okay. Overall, I think you can't really ask for much more than that for a band mm. of you know like that should be that should be the level of which you expect a band who released their first album in 1990 years ago yeah to years ago. Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah absolutely yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I agree with you I, um this this is a better album than the public enemy album that we did um i prefer public enemy as a band to cypress hill so like weirdly um, I almost uh, do. I prefer that. It's, it's a tough one because it's a it's a it's a not very good record from an art from an artist I like more against a, a decent record from an artist that I like less. So you know, so it's kind of neither here nor there. But yeah, um, I no, I think this is I think this is good. No, it's quite good. It's good. So there you go. Uh, the 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 black back in black album. Oh, the black album oh, is not what this album is called. Yeah, back in black. <laughs> <laughs> Back in Black by Cypress Hill is out now, as is Torpedo by Feeder, the 11th album from the Welsh alternative rock band, a follow-up to their 2019 album Tallulah, which we reviewed on this podcast and kind of found ourselves 
scrabbling around for things to say pretty much Renfrey didn't we if you remember um, we were a bit like oh it sort of sounds a bit like feeder but I can't really remember any of the songs and uh. yeah I, I think it's fair to say um, neither of us hated that record I don't think but um, overall hugely fair, unmemorable wasn't it I, I was about to say overall a fairly forgettable feeder record um, you know they've done this is their 10th right they've done a, a whole bunch now. 11th didn't it oh is it their 11th fuck me they've done a lot of records feeder um, and um, I, I have to say man I was looking at the Wikipedia page yesterday and looking through the uh, discography and one thing that I think we really should acknowledge at the top of this review just before we go into this whilst we neither of us were a massive fan of that last feeder record their consistency over the years has been pretty pretty damn high of their 11 records i would say that i really enjoy seven or eight of them which is quite a high hit rate really when you when you think about it you know but it's quite consistent over what? How long have feet have been going now? Uh, cool. Well, early nineties they formed, but the first 94. album came out in ninety seven. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I like, yeah, I, 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 it had never really occurred to me that I, I, I never thought when I thought feeder, I didn't go, oh yeah, really consistent band, and they've had a couple of dips over the years. But to be fair, that Tallulah record, looking at it, the only record that I would put below Tallulah is probably pushing the senses and even that I'm not sure I would and the Tallulah record we were like it's okay it's a 6 out of 10 like if that's your worst record you're not doing too bad and you've got 11 of them you're not doing too bad as a band that's the main point I'm trying to make you know yeah 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 but then I mean the thing about feeder is I think they're just very you know that they're unspec they're solid and unspectacular in a lot yeah. of ways aren't they yeah yeah, which is the thing but, that they're always like they, yeah, they've had that yeah. throughout their career, and I'm sure they're bored shitless and of I, that now. But I, I it's true. T- I thought Tallulah was a slightly water treading record. Again, you I know, it's agree, just a bit yeah. forgettable, really. And I think yeah. when you make music like this and you don't quite get it right, you can. There's there's times where bands can get it so right, like um, you know, like the Blue Album by Weezer, for example. There's times where, but then for every Blue Album, there is a thousand Tallulahs. But this is a bit more like it, I think. The first, you know, the title track is a fucking riffy banger. Six when it all breaks long, down is bringing back those pumpkins, yeah, uh, the, those pumpkins vibes from the mm. early days. Mm. Remember when everyone said feeding with the smashing pumpkins, the British smashing pumpkins? I do. I, I know do some too. people on the, <laughs> the other week. I know some people on the internet don't think they <laughs> don't remember that, and they're like, "That's mad," but they did all they the really time, did. and they did sound like the Smashing Pumpkins, and, and they, they do, do again on this song uh, yeah. here as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, massive feedery chorus as well. Yeah. They've got a very again like, although they don't do anything particularly unique, I think Grant Nicholas has a way with uh, phrasing and yeah. of putting lyrics and verses and choruses and vocal patterns together where you go oh that's feeder absolutely yeah you know it doesn't sound like ash yeah yeah doesn't sound like dinosaur pile up it sounds like feeder the identity um, for feeder does come through almost exclusively through grant nicholas's voice but it's still there like there's still it's still an identity i wouldn't say it's the strongest of any band ever but but it is there it is there but you would know like if you played a feeder so if you if you were given like five british brit rock bands and you can you, tell feeder apart, and and Definitely. you were going to say which one of these five, and you know, and you pick whoever you want, and you know, lower than Atlantis, hundred reasons, 
um, oh, dinosaur pileup and Terravision <laughs> and feeder, and you were gonna and you had to guess which say which one's feeder. You'd know which you one was feeder. You'd yeah. probably know which all of those were to be fair. Yeah. But um, uh, magpies are another riffy one as well. Decompress is borderline met- metally. It's almost got a metallic kind of riffy thing to it. Uh, uh, have you moved on from magpie? Sorry. Yeah. I yeah. had, but, but <laughs> well, because the reason why I was like uh, confused is because I think Magpie has a metally riff to it as well. I actually said that the riff to Magpie is cold, cha- cold chamber. <laughs> Weird intonation. The riff to Magpie is cold chamber in its simplicity. Um, it is essentially a new metal riff. It's basically that kind of thing. But. <laughs> Grant Nicholas gets away with it because he's a great songwriter, which Cold Chamber aren't, and and he Steady. doesn't do, <laughs> and he doesn't do the same <laughs> riff over and over and over again for the whole album. But like, I don't know, I, I it kind of that riff is new metal as fuck, and and it is a dumb fucking riff, but it works if you just sort of do it once. And that's, I mean, that Magpie song's great. It's fucking mm. awesome. I love it. I think yeah, it's awesome. really good. And there are like I'm glad you brought up new. I'm not that glad you brought up Cold Chamber, but I'm kind of <laughs> glad you brought up new metal because yeah, I think again metal decompress. Like I say, yeah, it's almost a kind of borderline proto-y thrash maybe ish a bit. It's quite heavy. four feeder. Look, yes, listen, all of this to... is four feeder. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all of we're, this. We're about to talk about Glossen, <laughs> who's, who's sound like a volcano erupting in your neck. So uh, don't you know. Take it with a pinch of salt, but four feeder, it's yeah, heavy, yeah, right? Yeah, it's yeah. quite heavy. And, you know, and they end with a massive stadium epic pop rock yeah, tune which, as well. It, which sounds great. Sounds great. It's good. Yeah. The col- a colossal like- epic. Um, I, I said to you a couple of weeks ago, uh, I was like, you heard the new feeder record. It's really riffy. And we were talking yesterday and you were like, it's not riffy. But again, for that four feeder it's really riffy. Like, it is yeah, one for... of the riffiest feeder records. You brought up Renegades when we were chatting last night, which is probably... Oh, is that the old... Well, I mean, that and Polythene are the really riffy ones, aren't they, I guess? Yeah. Um, but, and you know... And the Swim EP. And the Swim EP, yep, yep, yep. But uh, Torpedo is number three for me. Number four, if you're including the Swim EP. I'm kind of not, because it's an EP, but yeah. No, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, like, I, I think this is... This is uh, and they do it really well. Like they do actually do it very, very well because Grant Nicholas is a, is a, a great songwriter. Um, yeah, he is. And, and I look just... forward to I look forward to the uh, snide comments we're going to get from the uh, people in underground hardcore bands um, who, you know, no one cares about your band, but people do care about Feeder. And I know it's I know it's upsetting that bands like Feeder and Stereophonics people actually like them, unlike you know. Are we are we going to get those comments? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> no, Palm, I don't... Andy Andy from Palmeda said that once, and I just he went, oh, "Feed her a rubbish, shut up, feed her a rubbish." I was like, "I know you're jealous that they can write songs that people actually like." <laughs> oh, so you just have to go, Andy? Okay, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. That's, pop, that's fine. Then, yeah, again. I'll keep it. But, that's fine. But he doesn't like anything. Uh, he likes ambient shit. I mean, the, the only thing that we talk about in a positive manner, me and Andy, is, is ambient, chilled out music, which is like... Oh, Imagine just liking that and not liking Feeder. Uh, Andy, I, I love Andy Gillen. Like, I do as well. I love Andy Gillen, but he is a silly boy. Silly boy. 
<laughs> this is a good album. This is a good album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, good no album. Andy Gillen on it, unfortunately. No. Um, but other no. than that, perfect. No. It's not uh, perfect. Yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> not perfect at all. <laughs> 10 so, out of 10. No, I Andy don't Gillen, want that, 10 out of 10. Jay, any, any do, if you're listening to this, Jay, I do not want you taking that as a as a press quote. Me, Renfrey Deadman, Riot Act, perfect. No, I didn't say that. Uh, but it's very, very good. You can take that. That's fine. Yeah. No Andy Gillen, 10 out of 10. Stephen Hill, Riot Act. Um, run with that definitely yeah go with that alright so anyway Torpedo by Feeder is out now if you like just nice songs there you go listen to Feeder yeah, um, yeah absolutely if you don't like nice songs maybe you'll <laughs> enjoy this a little bit more The Rift by Glossen second album from the Swedish post metal band they had a debut album called Grimmen in 2017 i didn't really know anything about this band so i didn't really know i didn't know anything about this band until you brought it in renfrey and you said to me i think you'll like this it sounds like cult of luna um there you go there's a review i think yeah <laughs> it does sound like cult of luna for a second album you made the very astute point to me before we started that were this to be so their third or fourth album you maybe wouldn't be as excited about it yes. but as a second record yes this is quite exciting. Yes. So I was sent this uh, from Metal Hammer to review. Um, very pleasantly surprised when it uh, when it came in because I was like, oh, oh, this is a bit of me. Um, I think Cult of Luna uh, for my for fans of that I wrote for Hammer. I put Cult of I mean Cult of Luna is is the smack bang bullseye, but Cult of Luna Rosetta Herod that Herod record that we did ooh, a couple of years ago, which is fantastic. Uh, I think it ended up in my albums of the year if I recall correctly. It did, yeah. Um, the Cult of Luna comparisons are quite difficult, nay, practically impossible to uh, not bring up, I think. Do you think that's fair to say? Yeah. I, I mean, it's such of, a, you know... It, yes. I had, Well, obviously, that was in my head when I yeah. pressed play. Yeah, that's true. And I did, and so, ergo, I was like... Oh, well, it does sound like Cult of Luna, but because I was already going, this is going to sound like Cult of Luna. <laughs> yes, yes, other yeah. things popped into my head where I was like, well, that's not that much like Cult of Luna, and neither is that. And so okay. I think they've actually got, I mean, you know, I think there's vocally uh, at the start, I thought it was much more, it kind of, there's a song at the start called um, Stygian and Ab aberrant which i think is really good it's nine minutes i mean the shortest song on this is six minutes 49 so you know they're it's it's six tracks it's long it's fucking long this it is long but although it does it go long. quite it, it goes it does, yeah. fast doesn't it, goes, it yeah yeah um uh, i like the kind of cerebral bits in that but i also like that when they're heavy they're almost kind of they're not like cult of luna aren't brutal or anything but but this has a it's a different type of savage. It's almost a sort of death metally savagery in some of the mm. vocals. I thought, yeah, 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 which uh, I liked. Yeah, I, I, absolutely. I, you could even argue that whilst the Cult of Luna comparisons are there, they arguably go ever so slightly heavier than Cult of Luna and ever so slightly more ambient than Cult of Luna as well. So you know, there's a slightly broader kind of um, palette to play with there. Um, it, I, I mean. <sighs> I said in my Hammer review that on a cursory listen, they do sound a lot like Cult of Luna. But if you dig a little deeper, there definitely are elements which aren't Cult, you know, which I don't think they would play with. For example, that clean dual vocal that begins ultraviolet. Maybe on the album they did with um, Julie Christmas, but even then I'm not sure, to be honest. Um, I, basi I basically... What I was trying to get across in the 120 words I had for Hammer, and I'm not sure if I did that or not because it's quite a difficult thing to get across, is basically 
this is ama- this is fantastic because it's their second album i think if it had been their third i think by the time they release their third what i want to see is a bit more of them and their identity and i believe they have the capabilities to do that because there are those bits in there where it's like aha you're onto something there which is a little which is you which is identifiably you but you need to push it a bit more and you need to explore it a little bit more and then you will find your interpretation of this sound Mm. um yeah because that is very difficult to convey in 120 words and i probably didn't do that um but yeah um so I, i said to you i gave this an eight in metal hammer but I said to you, if this had been their third album, I would have given it a seven. So, um, And that's because of like where a band is in their career and all that kind of thing. This is very, very impressive. And the other thing that I said is, you know, this is their second album. It's better than Carl Luna's second album. Like, right, yeah. it just, it is. You know, it's, 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 you know, I mean, Carl Luna obviously partly helped invent this genre, obviously. So uh, I'd kind of expect it to be in, in that sense. But, you know, it, it is better than the second Cotillin album. Um, but yeah, I, I just thought it was very, very, very impressive indeed. And um, and the potential there, I think post-metal does sometimes take a little while for, for bands to really find their footing. And it's one of those rare occasions where, um, with most bands that their best material is their early material because that's when they have the fire and the, you know what they need but that, that's usually reversed with post metal so i'm a bit like if they're writing stuff as good as this on album number two what the fuck is album number five gonna sound like and that's kind of that was sort of where i was trying to go with it so i i, I think it's really really impressive and if you like post metal then you should really listen to this because you will love it i don't see why you wouldn't frankly so yeah, it's, ISIS, it's good, Carl Luna, blah blah blah. Yeah. You know. yeah, I actually do think this is good. Yeah, really I'm, good. Uh, I'm, I'm into it. Yeah, I like it. So it is by a band called Glossen, and it's called The Rift, and it comes out the day you're listening to this That's show. Um, we should say as well, just very, not super quickly, but um, let's talk about what happened last night at Gang of Youths. We went to Brixton Academy to see Gang of Youths. Obviously, Angel in Real Time, their album that came out. Uh, a few weeks ago we fucking raved about that record when we reviewed it absolutely raved about it and they toured it and uh here we are chatting about it thank you to a bunch of you who have said uh that we who went to see the band we had a few tweets from people going i went to see them the other night because of your review and i'd never heard of them before and blah blah so i'm glad everybody is or not everybody but some of you are massively agreeing with what we think well, about this band we've had a fantastic response to that review and and um i mean we really need to thank tom at warner i feel like we thank him every other week at the moment but like because we do need to um he um i mean i don't want to say pushed the band onto us because that sounds like a, a bit like bad but he, he he did he was like guys you really should check this out you know um it took me a little while uh actually and and i remember you know we <laughs> the first time we listened to this record like i think we both knew it was good but i don't think either of us knew or understood that it was going to yeah. take over our listening lives in the way that it has i've had mm. to ban myself from listening to this album um, <laughs> because i don't want to spoil i don't want to spoil the day after it came out much, you know 
the day after it came out, I went into HMV and they were playing it, and I stayed in HMV for the entirety <laughs> of the record. And I was like, "Fuck me!" I've listened to this album to about fifteen times this yeah. week already, and yeah. Yeah, I'm still like, I can't leave this shop until I've, you know, yeah. got to goal of the century. I just can't. Um, it really anyway, is. Uh, uh, it's brilliant. Yeah, Brixton Academy was sold out, and I don't mean they just put sold out on the poster. I mean it was sold out. Was it? Surely, standing was. I don't know about upstairs. Well, oh, well, I couldn't see upstairs. Yeah, I'm only yeah, going yeah. by what I saw with my own eyes. Okay, okay. And I... that was... To put it this way, right? I went to see Idols. Last time I went to Brixton Academy, to see Idols. They, by all accounts, sold out all four nights at Brixton Academy. I was there, and the floor was noticeably, oh. noticeably busier for Gang of Youth than it was for Idols. Certainly, certainly. The floor was very, very busy at Brixton Academy. We can definitely say that with 100% accuracy. Yeah. Yes. I don't, I, I, I don't, I, I mean, they were selling tickets yesterday for, apparently, for Standing and Circle yesterday. Okay. They appeared to have plenty left, actually, as looking at the sites. So I, I don't, I don't know if it was sold out, but it was very busy. Well, yeah, okay, let's, I'll say that then. It was fucking ram-packed yeah. uh, downstairs on the floor. Really, really was. And I, um, you know, we, so we struggled to get that good a position at first. Yeah. And Brixton Academy, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start with the negatives, if you don't mind, Remfrey. Because okay. there are, unfortunately, a couple of negatives. The negatives for me are, A, Brixton Academy is a venue that I love, but bands with nuance and difficult sounds to capture yeah. can often be swallowed yeah. i've spoken multiple times about seeing glass jaw at brixton academy yeah. and not even knowing what song they were playing yeah. um i've seen i mean obviously support bands so it shouldn't be quite as but, but you know three trap tigers mm. supporting deftones i was like mm. what is going on yeah. here i have absolutely no idea what the hell is going on um you know there's been plenty of occasions where i've gone to brixton academy i've been and it's been fine you know like i say idols yeah. actually sounded good but idols have a dense thick very kind of monotone harsh sound which i think is probably a little bit easier to capture than yes. the it's more direct delicate the kind of delicate interweaving vast soundscapes of a band like going youth and david uh when i'm not going to attempt his surname because we as discussed last night and all before the show <laughs> nobody seems to be able to know what surname. we, ju we just say dave so let's say david their front man um has this a very low register which and a lot yes. of which got lost unfortunately because of the yeah. sound um yeah. not throughout the whole show not throughout the all of the songs but for a lot of it um stuff like we Spirit spoke boy and stuff it's um yeah 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 which is a bit of a shame um he's got some fucking moves on him oh fuck me he did not but i'm still on disappointing me still on the all. negatives no he that, didn't he's sure. great yeah, yeah, but yeah, i'm still yeah. on the we'll, negatives we'll and yeah, the biggest yeah. the biggest negative was I don't think they've quite found their audience yet because there were people there last night who were like for me we spoke in our review about Brothers being the best song of the album best song of the year quite how 40% of the audience can just turn around and start talking to each other whilst he plays that, that song alone on a piano yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I just couldn't believe how loud it was behind me you know yeah. we were stood we got to a point where we were kind of in the middle of the venue mm. halfway between the sort of bar and the stage and having to kind of strain to make out what was being played because the people behind you were just talking was mm. 
really really frustrating what they have at the moment is basically some people who were there to hear a few kind of jangly indie bangers yeah yeah and fuck the quiet bits to be fair i mentioned um the the final song uh goal of the century which again has a really really quiet bit towards the end of it i think at that point because they'd had a lot of they got a lot of the kind of big bangers mm. towards the end of the set and when they came out and did that song that last bit where he just plays out on the piano actually people pretty much for the only time in the gig in the were quiet yeah. quiet and respectful to yeah. the band but pretty frustrating i think that, that audience i i mean yes it was i, I was and not the whole audience just those people I yeah, should say. yeah 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 i was looking at um you know all the pictures that you were sending uh you as the listeners um of all the gigs that you were going to and stuff and 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 a few of you were saying oh it was amazing watching brothers tonight yeah it was total quiet you know and kind of thinking to myself i wonder if we're going to get that at brixton academy and basically quite cynically and correctly cynically so it turns out thinking probably not unfortunately so i expected that to be honest um i so i wasn't sort of disappointed in the way that you were i mean obviously i am disappointed with every single one of those people (laughs) and i think they should be banned from going to gigs for a year um genuinely uh but yes i um I, I was kind of expecting that anyway, but yeah, I, and and it's partly a London thing as well, isn't it? In fact, yeah. David did. Yeah, there was a part. He wasn't specifically talking about talking at gigs, but he was uh, introduced a song. Can't remember which one it was now, but that basically, like, I know London crowds sometimes are too cool for school and all that sort of shit. But like, I want to see you guys actually dancing to this. You know, he sort of acknowledged that London crowds they, can be a bit they, like they did actually. They did actually. Um, uh, they did actually stop one song didn't they because yeah. he was like you're not, you're not dancing enough yeah. you're not dancing enough <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah um he's brilliant right he is amazing, he is amazing. i've got to say uh, and no disrespect to the band who i thought were you know very Fantastic. tight and a, and a great band particularly their drummer's amazing oh my god yeah their drummer's fucking amazing i didn't but, i didn't pick up on so many of the brilliant intricacies in the drums um from mm. the record until seeing it live i was like oh fuck you're actually really good <laughs> like, i really mean good. They're, and they've got two they're a bit like a kind of like sort of the indie slipknot aren't they there's seven of them they've got two percussionists well they, it, re- that's where... they remind the band reminded me of the bad seats um it's actually a similar ish setup you've got a violinist you've got someone on percussion and bongos and shit like that you've got a drummer you've got you know um it was yeah i mean i mean i suppose indie slipknot fine um but it, it, i was i've seen nick cave and the bad seeds at brixton academy and the setup was very similar very similar so that was my that was what i saw but yeah different but, for different sounding band but the, the setup yeah. wise it's quite similar yeah i'm gonna say as well um with all but with all due respect to the band who i thought were very very good there were moments in that set last night where i was like i feel like i'm watching a solo artist really because i didn't feel like that i have to say i think he's just so unbelievably enigmatic yeah and i think it's amazing yeah i don't i mean i did look around at the band a little bit but i i think he he just dominates their live show so much that i don't think the rest of them have got a chance to be honest like he is so charismatic i suppose from a charisma point of view yes fine um I guess, I mean, 
but I guess musically that bands are ninety percent of what you're hearing. Do you know what I, mean? I don't know? Yeah, I understand what you're talking about. I understand what you're saying, but it wasn't something that I particularly felt. I just thought, what a brilliant frontman for this yeah. band. I, yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah, I wasn't but, like, oh, it's like watching a solo artist, you know. But I, you I know, just, I, I, I see what you're saying. Yeah, I just think he's like he's fucking amazing. Mm. He's fucking amazing, and that I just on. I and I I feel I mean the set list was great. It's eight songs from Angel in Real Time. Um, in a it was nine wasn't it? What was it? A, uh, eight or nine? Yeah, I think it was. I think it was eight and four from Go Farther and Lightness. One from the Positions and yep. another song as well. Um, so yeah, there was like you know a, a sort of fourteen song set, mostly made from. Uh, from the album that you know which is good for me like I know maybe there are people there from who are older fans and stuff who are like I want more of the old stuff but I'm happy to just have everything from the new record uh, it was um, nine from Angel in Real Time because someone has mistakenly put brothers under others which isn't correct oh okay um, yes I um, yes I, I mean I was totally fine with that I definitely noticed that a lot of people around us um, <laughs> it was weird because I was singing along to all the new material and not singing along to the old material because I don't know it that well at the moment. Yeah. But everyone else around me was singing to the old material, but not the new material. Um, mm. So I definitely did notice that disparity. I mean, it's interesting. Um, having gone back to the first two records, the first one I've only actually listened to once, but um, Go Further Into Lightness, I've actually listened to a few times now. And I think it's a great record. It's a very, very different record. Um, and David... Uh, the front man uh, has said in interviews very dismissively but he has been like oh, our first two records are rubbish there's only a couple of good songs on them i mean that's nonsense they're not rubbish at all but um there's certainly even if you don't think angel in real time is a step up from those first two albums and i have to say i do there's certainly a difference in i mean go further in light um had very gaslight anthem vibes i thought which was not something i got from angel in real time at all you know so very interesting if if angel in real time is more the national go further in lightness felt like the foundation was not gaslight anthem specifically but that more americana style kind of yeah. sound so you know really like yeah i mean kind of made me respect the band even more because i was like well these albums are, are are still clearly you but also really different and but still really really good you know um but yes i personally was overjoyed that you know nine of the 14 songs were from angel in real time I was yeah it was totally fucking excellent and I, i'd say when they went off for the encore that kind of the when the crowd went for it like in the wake of your leave when they went off for the encore and the whole crowd sang that, sung the kind of woos yeah the hook yeah for the entire time like yeah, when it, going, it was going, a bit like going, going, uh, going it was like through. it's a bit like you know when metallica do the memory remains and they yes stop yes, and yes. everyone goes nah, da, 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 no, no, no. it was that but it's like if they went off their encore and the crowd carried on doing it and i, I think well the bands were off stage and people were still doing it it was like it, yeah, m- yeah. Most they, they literally left Amazing. the whole the venue to go and we're like that's it and then they came back on for their encore and people were still singing it and it never yeah. stopped yeah yeah um so people fucking love this band and i think you know we saw Rightly. a quite a mixed crowd of people i think again like i say i'm not quite sure they've totally found 
there might be maybe a few people saw them on Sunday brunch and went oh I'm going to go and see this band they're playing around the corner from me and then just were like oh I'm going to get drunk and jump up and down and then ah oh, they're playing some slow song now I'm going to sh-. like but I think when it gets to the point where this album you know because it's only been out a month or so a month and a bit it's not when it that, gets to the it? point yeah not no, long. probably not even that not long but when this album comes uh, sort of towards the end of its touring cycle I expect two things one for it to have found a full-blown audience of yep. people who love it and two for those people to be in even greater number yes. than uh, what we saw last night there was definitely a feeling i mean i do feel like we're concentrating on this and maybe too much but there was definitely a feeling of like i can't even whilst i was watching them at some points i did go i can't wait to see them again when these hangers on have fucked off basically yeah me too oh god absolutely yeah. um so so yeah i'm chomping at the bit to see them again as soon as possible and i'm really hoping yeah i'm hoping those people either aren't there or have just moved on to something else i mean royal look, Albert Hall next time please yes royal Albert Hall would be lovely mm. um oh god that, oh god that would be the gig of the year wouldn't it um i mean look this i think we should really talk about how brilliant the set was and how brilliant they were because we they that this album has so many highlights on it we did the review that we did was just under an hour and really we could have gone on at least double that length and probably still not covered everything i'm not sure if we really talked about unison you know the amazing kind of almost drum and bassy um outro of unison which live was just fucking extraordinary yeah and played you know? live as well yes like not play, like played live a yeah. fucking great because on oh. the record you go oh i imagine that's some sort of sample will come in here they did it live and like no 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 that was fully played live and it gives it that it gives, with it being done live as well it gives it that far more of a tribal quality almost you know and there's a lot of that kind of oh tribal god that could sound disrespectful but you there's there's a a lot more of those sorts of things really come out of it uh in the live environment so much more when the record really really hits live it's it's extraordinary and there were so many of those you know forbearance just sounded absolutely astronomically huge live i thought you know um when spirit boy gets into that chorus you know it's quite Mm -hmm. it's a, a a very almost Leonard Cohen-y kind of um, verse, but when that soaring chorus comes in, I just, it was such an incredible natural high, you know, just, mm. just, 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 you're just so ecstatic because the music around you is so fucking beautiful and it just makes you high, literally. And actually, the kind of the, the the flip to that was those people who obviously are a bit more casual wanted the kind of big big songs to sing along to when they did come i mean that was some big old sing-alongs yeah. that we were getting from yeah. that i mean i've not heard brixton academy kind of roar something back like that to a band probably since like let free the ring with a shotgun blast yeah. by machine Head. I, I was uh, thinking exactly that i was like last time i heard this was at brixton was machine heads yeah mm. yeah so yeah yeah they were fucking great um if you don't like the slow songs stay at home fuck off or just shut the fuck up <laughs> shut the, at just least. shut the fuck up just or get, fuck up. get better taste um but i i imagine next time we see this probably not next time we see this band but in a year or so i fully expect to be going reading main stage and you know <laughs> an arena 
an arena. I, I can't I can't imagine that it's not going to happen. I'm even more convinced now. It'll be an arena. It, we- it might be Wembley. I wouldn't be surprised if it was Wembley next. I was with a, a wonderful, wonderful friend of mine who, um, uh, let's say, does some work for 2000 Trees or helps out with 2000 Trees. And she turned to me and um, she was like, 2000 Trees headliner? And I said, you're going to have to be quick, mate. In fact, you probably missed the boat on it kind of thing because, yeah. you know... Um, yeah, I think maybe next year. I mean, I think. Would yeah, I'm gonna a, I mean, talk be to a, James. <laughs> I mean, would it be a good fit for 2000? I mean, it's kind of a. It is because I, it's more I, in the sort of indie crowd. I don't know if. I, well, I don't know. I don't As know. a band, I think they would be a perfect fit for 2000 yeah. Trees. Genuine, like genuinely mm. perfect headliner. But I mean, oh God, I don't even know if I should be saying this is in a public forum. But fuck me, like, they have to get on it now. If they oh, want fuck, that. yeah, absolutely. Now. This like, is happening. James, pause the podcast. Get on it now. Fuck it. I've just told him because he, <laughs> he will. He does listen to this. So, yeah, just honestly, mate, now, right now. Yeah, it has to be now, doesn't it, really? Because yeah. they'll headline Reading within five years. They'll have headline Reading, I reckon. James, if you get them at 2000 Trees for a headliner, that will go down in history as one of the best 2000 trees headlining sets guaranteed yeah it was really good really good anyway let's talk about a few other things um get on that band if you haven't by the way obviously uh let's get on to some things that have happened this week now this is interesting we've never spoken about dolly parton before dolly parton has decided to decline her nomination for the rock and roll hall of fame so she's been nominated um this year for to for entry alongside i mean it's a, again it's a pretty good list of people i think it's radiance machine uh eminem kate bush beck the eurythmics judas priest carly simon tribal quest new york dolls mc5 devo mm-hmm. uh some others duran duran one as well duran duran um but she said dolly here in a tweet to the rock and roll hall of fame even though I'm extremely flat and grateful. Already, I'm like, you have so much fucking class. Yeah. Even though I'm extremely flattered and grateful to be nominated for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, I don't feel that I've earned that right. I really don't want votes to be split because of me, so I must respectfully bow out. I do hope the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame will understand and be willing to consider me again if I'm ever worthy. This has, however, inspired me to put out a hopefully great rock and roll album at some point in the future, which I've always wanted to do. My husband is a total rock and roll freak and has always encouraged me to do one. I wish all of the nominees good luck. Thank you again for the compliment. Rock on, Dolly Parton. Um... <laughs> what a beautiful human being Dolly Parton That's is. fucking amazing, isn't it? I yeah. think that's great. I mean, look. I love Like, her. I think you could go the undercurrent of it. Like, what's the, the undercurrent of this is Dolly Parton. She doesn't really like awards shows. She doesn't really care so could much be, for the, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And that's fine, mm. you know? Um, but she dealt with it better than we did. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we didn't really deal with anything though, we did we? Anything, really? Though. I mean, you know, yes, I think yeah, it's a little yeah, bit different as well. That, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Steve, Steve Albini actually came on and has offered to um, 
on Twitter retweeted it. It said, Dolly Parton, do you like analog recording? Steve Albini throwing his hat in the ring to produce Dolly Parton's Dolly Parton's rock and roll record. So there's a few things here. Will Dolly Parton do a rock and roll record? I don't know. Probably won't be produced by Steve Steve Albini if that were to happen. Um, I think it goes to show that, you know, often, it's funny because we talk sometimes about super famous people and how they're out of touch and da 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 In my experience, if people are really famous, they tend to be quite nice. Oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Uh, the people who are like... It's the people in the middle you need to be careful with. Yeah. Who are not so good? Who are like, what? Are you? I'm in band. I'm the drummer in Band of Skulls, don't you know? Go and get me a coffee. Whereas, you know, Brian Johnson from ACDC is just a, a lovely, lovely man. Or yes. Slash is real. Duff McKagan from he's in Guns yep. N' Roses, yep. and he's a lovely, lovely, lovely man. Yeah. And Dolly Parton comes across incredibly. I mean, you said to me like, oh, you know, she's, and you meant it in a nice way that she lacks self awareness, and she does yes. because. Yes. You're Dolly fucking Parton. Yes. Are you telling yes. me? Like, I mean, I'm looking at... That is a pretty decent... That's a pretty good uh, list of artists that the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame put together there. But I think even like... Even the MC5 or Beck or Rage Against the Machine or Kate Bush or Eminem would go... I mean, we Dolly Parton is probably <laughs> a little bit more deserving of it than even I am. Of course. Um, yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. I... Uh, yeah, and and when I said that lack of self awareness thing, I mean because because she has turned around and said I don't think I am worthy of this. She that's why she lacks self awareness in my yeah. opinion. So yeah, I mean, yeah, uh, uh, yeah. I, I think I think it's great. Look, she's 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 classy as hell. I've got an awful lot of respect for her. I said to you on the phone the other day, I wish I liked her music more than I do. And actually some of yeah. her music I, I think is great. I genuinely think Jolene is one of the best songs ever written. Um, mm. I, I, you know, I think- You like the a- Queen Adrena version more than <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what version I do like more. The um slowed down is it like forty five RPM slowed down to thirty three RPM? It's on YouTube and it's basically so it's all like down a, a tone and all that kind of thing. But um it's basically a record played too slowly. That version mm. I do actually think is better than the original. Um oh, okay. but uh it is still Dolly Parton, it's just her going like Jolene, Jolene Jolene, rather than Jolene, 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 Jolene. I think I'm too low and too high. I both think I of those impressions. Yeah. My voice is pretty <laughs> fucked. You made um, it sound like Pete Still and Alvin and the Chipmunks. I don't think she's. <laughs> I don't think she's either of those things. Uh, but yeah, this is just really nice. I think you know, yeah. it's just a nice, a nice thing to do. Uh, I tell you what's not nice though, Renfrey. Oh, right. The cost of the tickets to go and see the Rolling Stones. <laughs> go on, hit me. me. Hit me. So Rolling Stones uh, are touring this year, 2022, right. 60th anniversary tour for the Rolling Stones. 60th anniversary, obviously. We spoke about the death of their drummer, Charlie Watts, last year. And we did go, I'm sure most people, because they've got such a huge fan base, um, the Rolling Stones, I'm sure most people wouldn't go, oh, well, I'm not going to see the Rolling Stones about Charlie Watts. Mm. But at the same time, I do think like, I lads, you know, maybe you just, I don't know, just maybe give it up. I don't know. Um so I'm not really that bothered about seeing the Rolling Stones particularly. They are playing a whole European tour throughout June and July, which takes in a date at Anfield Stadium in Liverpool on the 9th of June. 
And they're also playing two evenings at Hyde Park in London on the 25th of June and the 3rd of July in London at Hyde Park. So that'll be uh, <laughs> interesting. And waste if you want to go to because Hyde Park yeah, is a waste awful. of time. Yeah. <laughs> so if you want to go to Liverpool, the tickets will cost you between £220 and £288 at Anfield. With a normal standing just, field pitch, just fucking crumbs. normal standard tickets. If you want to go to see the Stones in London, you are looking for a standard ticket anywhere between one hundred and seventy-two pounds to five hundred and sixty-six pounds. Whoa, 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 right? whoa, 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 whoa! That has to be some sort of VIP shit, surely. No, no, VIP tickets come in above three thousand pounds. Oh my god! Hmm. Um, I'm going to say right now, I'm, I don't think that's going to be worth it. Um, <laughs> to be like breaking a code here, reviewing something before uh, before seeing it, but I don't think that's going to be value for money. But a consumer advice, uh, well, I suppose it depends how much you like the Rolling Stones. I suppose. Fuck me, tickets are very very fucking expensive aren't they there's no there's no need for any i mean the kind of the three thousand pound ticket is going to be in that fucking grandstand and you'll get a free flute of champagne and you get to walk and you get a laminate or something probably like that I will mean, be what you are getting for your yeah. your additional two thousand five hundred pounds a flute of champagne in a field so it's going to you know probably be in a plastic cup um and yeah and a laminate which yeah. might be signed maybe. i mean i'm not being funny you know the when when i remember when i think i've said this before when aerosmith played the o2 in around 2010 2011 kind of time i remember seeing that tickets were 100 pound and i was like fuck me 100 pound to go to a gig 100 pound i'd never seen a ticket cost 100 pound right mm-hmm. i'd never seen that before and now it's fairly commonplace fairly for a lot of big artists i mean i am still waiting to see elton john at the o2 and i paid well i'm not going to tell you exactly how much i paid but i paid a lot of money for those elton john tickets and it's been pushed back for fucking three years um so yeah you know tickets are expensive now but when you're getting to like 500 pounds for a ticket it's mad that is Mad. fucking crazy that's, money, uh, and that's a standard ticket. Do you know what I mean? Like that's that five hundred pound one will be like maybe you can stand, like in the golden, like in the, the sort of the stir- circle bit, whatever the kind of press party type area, or you get access to a different bar. That's that the, isn't even. That's the other infuriating thing, though, isn't it? Because often for these massive stadium gigs, they will the, the bit right at the front of the stage, the the golden circle, they'll call it. They'll just put off an area of the state uh right in front of the stage so those tickets will be the 500 pounds ones and then there'll be a little barrier between that uh and then behind that it'll be 250 or 300 or whatever very infuriating i remember the smashing pumpkins did it when we went to see the wembley arena yeah. i'm used to seeing it in stadiums or or in places like hyde park i'm not really used mm. to seeing it in arenas particularly a fucking wembley arena i was really fucking narked about that i have to say yeah, it's bullshit. i was like this is fucking bullshit you know like i can't get any closer than halfway up the venue 
Uh, it's, it's, I just, I think it's, I think it's fucking bullshit. Yeah, I think it's absolute nonsense. Yeah, bullshit. It's fucking nonsense. <laughs> and to see a band who are sixty years into their career, not God. for me. So I'm going to give that a miss. Rolling mm. Stones at Hyde Park to manage Renfrew. Same. Will be interesting. Yeah. I think the thing is though, considering that I can pay, you know, my gas bill for a month. Yeah. With that five hundred quid. I think there's a weird thing in economics in that it probably will sell out because there will be shitloads of people going it will get loads of coverage in the news people going god it's so expensive and that is them that's their promotion isn't it and hence it will sell mm. out yeah that's how it works it's a fucking crazy i mean it it seems it, like surely you go well surely the more expensive the tickets are the less likely it is to sell out but there's a weird kind of uh the the, the press and the media kind of fuck that up by then talking about it loads and giving them loads of free publicity it's a weird sort of yeah economic uh, impasse i don't know what the word i don't know mm. the terminology because i'm not an economist but yes i'm sure there's a word for it um, yeah uh, i'm not going the i'm end. not going no. <laughs> in 2017 jack white's third man records opened its own vinyl record pressing plant and this week jack white who's dyed his hair blue. Mm. Uh, mm. Not sure about that, not sure but about that. fine. Um, he has urged major labels to do the same, to build their own pressing plants. It's quite an interesting story. He did a, a little video called A Plea to the Three Major, the Global Major Labels from Jack White. And, um, you know, obviously due to the ongoing popularity of vinyl, which we speak about a fair bit, mm. uh, he addresses things like the supply chain problem leading to, you know, I think he's done it because he knows how much I want the Dave album on vinyl and there's been a fucking <laughs> real problem getting that one. He's doing impressed. it as a favour to you, isn't he? Yeah, 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 so I appreciate that, Jack. It's very nice of you, but I can wait. It's fine. Um, so, yeah, you, you want to talk about this, uh, Renfrey. What's your thoughts? Oh, well, only briefly, really. Just because, I, I mean, I thought it was fucking cool, for starters. Um, the video, mm. he's so kind of like, look, oh, what was it? He's like, don't be, as the MC5 said, don't be part of the problem, be part of the solution. You're either part of the problem or part of the solution. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, um, in, a, in a sort of like, look, I am appealing to you, do this. Uh, uh, you know, I, I, I thought it was really fucking cool. Um, yes, obviously, there was a massive vinyl issue because, uh, a massive issue with producing vinyl because... Adele? <laughs> I don't think it's I don't think it's fair to blame Adele like I think well I think that's a very very basic uh, uh way to approach the situation. I think a lot of a lot of people did go it's Adele they just yes, no, yes. Like, a lot of people did, did because a lot of people don't have a fucking clue what they're talking about. Um obviously a load of vinyl pressing plants um just disappeared overnight because you know it wasn't seen as a cool format anymore and then when it came back because it's quite a difficult thing to put together you know it's very different to CDs or DVDs or blah 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 uh these pressing plants just don't exist anymore so i i mean yeah it, <laughs> it, it, it this is cool as fuck because it shows jack white obviously jack white is a very um, massive artist and probably has a fair a bit amount of money but i would you know if you had said to me prior to this does jack white have enough money to build or, or the label that he has started, at e even that, does he have enough money to build a vinyl pressing plant? Uh, I would have been like, probably not, because I imagine they're very, very, very expensive, surely. I mean, I haven't got a fucking clue how much it costs to build a vinyl pressing plant. I imagine it's very expensive. But Jack White has shown, he's gone, look, I've done it, and I'm only one, you know, I'm one man, or I'm a small, the third man is a, is, is a, 
very respected label, but they're a, they're an indie, effectively. I mean, run by Jack White, but they are an indie, a massive one, <laughs> I guess. But, you know, um, and he's done it. So he's just going to the majors. If I can do it, you sure as fuck can do it. It'll be pocket change to you guys. So fucking mm. do it. And I'm, I was just like, fair fucking play, Jack White. I mean, I like Jack White a lot anyway. Yeah. Um, I, I, and I always have, and I've always had a lot of respect for him, but I watched that video and I wanted to just fucking high five him, you know, and I'm not even that bothered <laughs> about the vinyl stuff. Like I'm a, I'm a CD guy, you know, I don't really care. I have, I have my copy of Dave on lovely, shiny CD disc, CD disc, <laughs> compact disc disc. Uh, but you know, but I just thought it was really cool. Like fucking fair play. We could talk about the vinyl stuff for. I think one day maybe we'll go into vinyl for a show on a slow week, um, <laughs> because um, it is actually very interesting. But it's a sort, it's an ongoing thing, and it's not something that we really need to like urgently no, discuss no, 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 no. in depth. Um, but I, I thought it was a really cool kind of like sort yourselves out it'd be interesting to see if the majors respond in any way or not yeah, I you're wouldn't... gonna have to imagine that the majors uh, have some kind of uh scruples in do you know what i mean some kind of moral compass and i don't know that they do i imagine they will totally ignore it oh, I, I, I i'm pretty convinced they will but we'll see it'll be interesting but even even if they do ignore it fair play to you jack white yeah. I, I think that was fucking cool Fucking yeah, it's cool a good move. idea, and yeah, you're right. Jack White is wicked, and he's got a new yeah. album coming out. So he's got two new albums coming out. Oh yeah, he has got two, hasn't yes, he? Yes, he's going to be releasing a lot of music, Jack White. So I guess we'll be talking about him a lot, and we've gone quite long already. So we're going to get to the end of the show. Like I said at the start, bad films with good soundtracks. That is the thing. We've spoken about films quite a lot recently, and we did start having a little kind of chin at each other about what soundtracks we liked and stuff. And two of the ones that we brought up. Um, both come from quite bad films. So I'm going to start. I picked the soundtrack to the Crow City of Angels, the Crow City of Angels sequel to the much-loved The Crow film from 1994. Um, the sequel obviously didn't feature the late Brandon Lee in the title role, uh, as um, I'm sure most of I don't even know, need to go into what happened on the, the filming of The Crow. Um and what happened to Brandon Lee? It was very, very sad. But the sequel very was tragic. released on thirtieth, thirtieth of August, nineteen ninety-six. Um, I went to the cinema to see this, Renfrey. Oh, are you okay? This film. Oh, well, okay, yeah. <laughs> um, just a week night with some of my mates, and it was out. And I remember, I distinctly remember being quite excited for it because I did like the Crow. Mm. And I love the Crow. The Crow soundtrack was a classic soundtrack from mm -hmm. the time as well. And I thought, oh well, you know, the sequel to the Crow. Everyone's going to be bang up for this. Mm -hmm. And there were probably like eight people in the cinema with us. And I thought, ah, oh dear. Ah. And the film is not great. It's not a great film. It is basically a sort of not as good, much hammier retreading of the first film with Vincent Perez, I think the guy's name is, playing the kind of the title track. And I think in this one... Title character. Where title character title yeah title track title character and his <laughs> i don't know if you daughter, can play a title well you can play you a title track yeah you can <laughs> but you can't play not in a actorly sense <laughs> well, because of the vinyl supply chain at the moment it's quite hard to play a title um yeah so you're right uh but his daughter is killed rather than his girlfriend or his fiance so oh. it's the same thing but it's a bit more it is and it isn't but yeah yeah sure yeah 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 so it's the same thing just a bit more horrible is it Iggy the one with Kirsten in it? Dunst in it or is that the third no. one 
That's, That's the third, third one. one. Iggy Pop's Which in I've it. Seen. Iggy Pop is in it. Iggy Pop is rubbish in this I, film. I can imagine. He's rubbish. He's better on the fucking on the beach adverts than he is in this film. He's absolutely <laughs> crap. What, as a puppet? Oh, no, that's the car insurance no, no. one. That's it? the car insurance one. Um, yeah. uh, 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 what, as a character, as a recurring, as a recurring character? He's a, a character. He's, he's, a, a character. he's one of the goons. Ah. He's like lead goon. Lead and then goon. when Matey Boy comes back and he's the crow and he's like, oh, I thought you were dead, man. Uh, we all thought you were dead. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's rubbish. <laughs> anyway. But my favourite scene in the film there was a band playing a really good song on stage. You know, they always have the like, the bit where the band are playing and they're like going through the club and it's like, oh, look, who's this the band? Bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the Deftones oh, with man. early Deftones with Chino with his long dreads playing Teething. And I was like, whoa, this is good. This is a good song. Mm. So on the strength of that, wanting that song and not recognising initially it was Deftones because... Oh. Long, you know, Chino, short, spiky hair. I mm-hmm. thought mm-hmm. he had dreads at this point. Bought the soundtrack, and I fucking loved the soundtrack. Fucking loved the soundtrack. I thought it was great. And suddenly, I was like, "What a shame that the Crow City of Angels is such a bad film." Because I think this soundtrack goes kind of toe to toe with the first Crow soundtrack as well, which also is considered a kind of classic soundtrack in a lot of ways. I think this one's not that far away from uh, from matching it, to be honest. It's interesting. I think I would probably agree. I've not listened to the Crow soundtrack for quite a long time. But I think I would probably agree with you. I think the thing is, though, and this comes into something that we were talking about just before we started recording. What is a good soundtrack? I, um, I mean, we did look up the Crow soundtrack for something quite recently. I can't remember why or what it was, but I do remember being like... There is a lot of fi- like for a so-called classic soundtrack. There is a lot of filler on that Crow soundtrack, and um, there's a fair amount of filler on this one as well. If I'm totally honest, but I but you know, you you sort of said to me just prior to recording this. Well, you know, name a soundtrack where it's like all killer. Uh, we, and- yeah, we won't be doing a classic album on any soundtrack. Ever. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and you know it is it is very difficult. I mean, I think the closest you could get would be a Natural Born Killers, um, or we actually brought up DC Dark Knights, like not strictly a, a soundtrack to a film per se, but um, the the thing that um, Tyler, what's his name, Tyler Bates, did uh, last um, last year, two years ago, like it was, last year. It was actually extraordinary, like really really good. And of the fourteen tracks or so that are on there, I say like 12 of them are great you know like genuinely um but yes i suppose great soundtracks um might a a great soundtrack might constitute eight of the 14 songs are fantastic you know Mm. and i think anything that's got something a bit rare that is good on it is good enough for me right something you go like oh that's weird isn't it like, like oh yeah i've not heard this before or you know some rarity that's not on an album because a lot of times it's just a bunch of stuff from albums usually as well you know you get i mean it's funny actually listening to both of these when you hear like you know birds of prey and suicide squad and stuff like that come out and people were like oh my god they're just getting these fucking songs and they're doing shitty covers of the like why they got to do that now why they're doing covers of the same blah 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 well there's plenty of covers on these soundtracks as well plenty of covers Mm. i mean 
Gold Dust Woman by Hole, originally by Fleetwood Mac. I'm Your Boogie Man, which is by White Zombie, originally by Casey and the Sunshine Band. I have to say that's one of the highlights of the record. It's fucking brilliant, that song. Hearing Rob Zombie going, I'm your boogie man, boogie man. Bam, 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 is, is great. In a Lonely Place by Joy Division, performed yeah. by Bush. Mm. Um, you know, so there's a few on, there's a, there's a few covers on this one. That's before we even get into the one that you're talking about. Um, but so, you know, there, but, but I think like, in this instance, because they're recorded specifically for this this soundtrack, it's kind of all right to have a cover. And if they're good, which I think Gold Dust Woman and I'm Your Boogeyman are both really good. Bushed in, in a lonely place by Joy Division? Not as much, but you know. Oh, we have had a complete reversal in our appraisal of the covers. <laughs> Completely and utterly. Um, wow, interesting. There's um, no way you don't like I'm Your Boogeyman by White Zombie. It's fucking awesome. I don't dislike it. Um, I did say I never, in my notes, I never thought I'd ever compare White Zombie to Michael Jackson. Uh, but mm. when this song comes in, it does remind me of Quincy Jones's production on Bad, which mm. obviously isn't a bad thing, no, no pun intended, but it wasn't what I expected from White Zombie. So for the majority of it playing, I was just a bit confused, really. I, think, I don't dislike it, but I but it I wasn't like, oh my god, this is essential White Zombie either. Like it's cool, it's good. They it's played okay. it apparently on the, one of their last tours. I think they played <laughs> it, and yeah, they were playing it. I was like, fucking. I mean, oh, it'd be Zombie's really fun got, live. Really fun. At live. this point, Rob Zombie's got a history of doing like weird covers of things. Yeah. Like, what's well, an odd thing to do? Like, I'm an I'm an American band. Yes. doing all that. And, you know, he obviously loves all that kind of funk stuff. Yeah, And fine. Um, this is great. I really like Gold Dust Woman by Hole as well. Um, I, you uh, don't? Um, I don't hate it, but I, I really don't need to hear Courtney Love caterwauling all over what was originally a, a really beautiful song um, and just adding a load of distorted guitars to it. We were talking about sort of that lazy guitar, you know, just chucking a load of distorted guitar on it. And uh for the Muse special actually and sometimes you know it is a formula that often works and i i would wouldn't go as far as to say that this doesn't work as a cover i just thought it was a bit like yeah I, it does sound like hole which yeah, i, I like which it. i will which i will give you know mm. it sounds like a, they have made it sound like a whole song so a, a whole a whole song a whole song uh rather you know but <sighs> Yeah, I, 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 I mean, what I, I, I of the three, my favourite is, um, is the Bush cover. I, is I, it? yeah, I, I thought they captured the spirit of Joy Division so well. I thought whilst giving it their own identity. Now, admittedly, just like we were saying with Feeder, the identity does come almost entirely from Gavin Rosdale's Gavin voice, Rosdale. yeah. but. I just liked the fact that they weren't doing what every other fucking band was doing at the time. Like, just simply adding shitloads of distorted guitar to it. I I, th- I thought it was a That's pretty true. decent cover, actually. I thought it was cool. I, I liked um, it. It, it, it felt, beca- because of Gavin Rossdale, it gets a bit Hollywood. 
it gets a little bit uh. Hollywooded up. His voice is a bit, I, I, I don't know. And I don't really, I think that's so far away from Joy Division that I was a bit like, oh, I'm not really sure about this. Like, yeah. listening back to it, I was like, oh, it's much better. Because originally I was just like, this is just a boring Bush song. <laughs> and then I was like, because, oh, you know, it's six minutes long. It's it's quite long. It's a, it's and, a tad long. Yeah. I'll yeah. And it's that. not Bush's strong suit, that kind of super quiet no. stuff particularly. But, you know, yeah, it's all right. I mean, in terms of the other songs on it, um, Jurassitol by Filter, I think, is really good. Don't know where that song's come from. Great. I really, really... Fucking so great. Should we, I, I, I wouldn't say I'm a Filter fan, per se, but um, the first two records I really, really like. And, and this yeah. had... Uh, I, I mean... This is between those as well. Oh, so okay. Smack bang in the middle. This is post-short bus and pre-title record. I was going to say I suspected it came from the the uh, the title of record sessions, but actually no, you're absolutely right. This came out in 1996, so of course it didn't. Um, but but it kind of sounded like it did. It sounded like it was more from title of record than short bus. But mm. I, I yeah, I actually really like that song. I mean, I c- couldn't really give a shit about Filters' latter day stuff to no. be honest. But those first two records are actually really good. It's a good so, song that yeah. Naked Cousin by. P- well, there's going to be a PJ Harvey off this week as there well is, yeah. uh, uh, this is the superior of the two PJ Harvey songs I think um, ah, for, for yeah. me uh, mm. yeah I love them I re- both to be honest so. they're, they're, they're both really good I think that this mm. is I mean maybe I've had I've known this one a lot longer so yeah. maybe it's that yeah. um, obviously Teething is probably my favourite song on the whole record it's fucking great yep. Sean Olsen by Korn is good it's, again it's kind of a Korn rarity yeah, it's it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> it's nice. Um, it's nice to hear new corn from that era. It's nice to hear a corn mm. song that I had not heard, which is so clearly from first album. It's, it does sound like it was a, a, a studio off cut from the first, first album. Track. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like um, it, yeah. I, I put. I would say it's kind of divine quality or predictable quality. Mm. You know, like album track from the first record quality. It, yeah, it's okay. That's fair. Yeah, it is okay. Um, I think Tricky versus Grave Diggers tonight is a special night. I think is excellent. Yes, I like. And that. there's stuff like towards the end, you've got a bunch of bands like Seven Mary Three, Pet, Above the Law, but Spit by NY Loose. Now I remember NY Loose. They were a kind of um, post grungy sort of. I think they were Swedish. I want to say I'm not sure, but they were like a kind of riot girl band. And I never listened to them. I only know this one song, "Spit," but I think it's a wicked song. Really, really good. I did not know NY Loose. I hadn't heard of them at all, and I thought this was great. Mm. Definitely massive riot girl. One of the vibes. best. One of the best songs on. Yeah, the, the I album, thought I it was fucking awesome. Um massive l7 vibes for me um yeah i and i hadn't even heard, like do you know much more about the band do like did they have a, a record which is worth going to or like, they I, don't even have a, a wikipedia entry um, they had an album out around this time and i remember seeing them in kerrang i never heard the album this is the only song of theirs i heard other than there was a song on the first ever cover mount cd from a metal hammer that i bought had another song on it called like rat something i can't remember but uh, year of the yeah. rat i've just looked year of the rat yeah and um and it was all yeah that's good as well but i've never listened to their album don't think i ever saw it in the shop so i didn't buy it and you know it was those times i couldn't just go oh i like this i'll go on spotify and listen to the rest of their material mm. now i hadn't thought about this band for 
25 years but i do really like this song i i, I thought i thought it was great and i wanted to listen to more um i'm <laughs> that the, they seem to have an album called broken which uh, is 54 pounds and 80 pence on amazon at the moment so um going to assume that, that that it's deleted and uh, not available might have to do a little discogs um uh search a little bit later but i really 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 liked it um you did i get the feeling that you um maybe aren't as into it because you sort of just jumped over it but i also really really liked the pet song um oh yeah yeah not mm. maybe not quite as much as the ny loose song but but not far off at all i thought it was great and i saw you know who wrote that well tyler bates apparently he did yeah mm. um so obviously tyler bates who collated that brilliant dc dark knight soundtrack which we've already mentioned um also somewhat responsible for reviving marilyn manson's career before all that happened um but yeah this is really great do you know anything about pet because i <laughs> i know nothing I, about pet i put pet into amazon and realized oh not a very googleable name either and then i put pet into google i was like nope then pet band nope uh I, I mean I, I will be able to find it properly at some point but yeah um not uh not they obviously weren't thinking about the internet when they well not no, when they should have been no. um but right. yeah uh, <laughs> really never no i know name. nothing about this band whatsoever absolutely nothing about them other than this song i really liked it i thought it was great mm. i really really liked it and i and yeah. again i want to listen to more so fair play yeah uh, it got to number eight on the US Billboard 200, this uh, this album. So that is probably, it makes it, I think, uh, definitely, it's now become bigger than the film. Because I don't know oh, anyone certainly. who's even seen this, but I think there are some people like me who go, that was a really good soundtrack. Yeah, sure. And the film has just fucking vanished like yeah, yeah, yeah. nothing. Because yeah, yeah. it's rubbish. Yeah. Uh, anyway, if you haven't heard it, Crow City of Angels soundtrack, very much worth your time. It is, that would be actually. my pick. Yeah, mm. it's it's you know it's long and there are songs on. I mean, you know, you don't need seven. Mary that three. last songs, no, no, you don't need that. And that no, last song with really. is like a kind of absolutely awful sort of not awful but a really it's almost like a watered down version of Coolio um, that <laughs> yeah, above the yeah, law yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. It's not great. But there's um, but there's plenty of great shit on here. Like um, yeah. the, like uh, if this had been fifty five minutes rather than seventy, it would have been like almost, yeah, almost almost. Well, in, I was about to say almost perfect. That is way OTT, but it would have been very incredibly good. Yeah, yeah. So let's move on to your pick, Renfrey. Well, well, well. After trying to mug me off for picking the Prince Batman soundtrack a few years back, Renfrey's come full circle. He's come crawling back and picked Batman Forever, the third Batman movie, or the fourth, I guess, if you you count the silly Adam West movie from the sixties, um, which we don't. But we, it's the we third. don't. Uh, released in theaters on the sixteenth of June, nineteen ninety-five. The moment that that franchise went to shite, really, isn't it? I mean, Tim Burton and Michael Keaton going away and being replaced by Joel Schumacher and Val Kilmer feels like something of a drop off to be honest and it Quite. is a cheesy old film Batman Forever holy corrugated iron Batman says Chris <laughs> O'Donnell at one point not great that not great not very good not very good at all yeah, um, but it was a fucking hit packed soundtrack like we're talking like big songs very quickly before we move off the film um everything you just said there is right it is a rubbish film i'm sorry it's crap but uh i was 10 years old when the film came out and therefore i became obsessed with it i fucking loved it um it feels like a batman film which is aimed for 10 year old 
prepubescent boys and that's exactly what I was at the time of its release so it became my I, I also fucking loved Jim Carrey around this point in time so him as the Riddler um and I hear his performance is actually very good um yeah but but uh, overall the film is a fucking mess I mean <laughs> it, it'd be even worse when uh, Joel Schumacher went to do Batman and Robin which is oh my god yeah, it gets, it's it gets unbelievably worse. gets worse. It? But, <laughs> yeah, it does. But yeah, not yeah. a very good film. However, I loved it at the time. I also um, settled down to watch the ITV chart show one day, uh, a couple of weeks prior to the film coming out. And the video for Hold Me, Thrill Me, Kiss Me, Kill Me by U2 came on. And I lost my shit. I thought it was fucking amazing and i bought Mm. the single on cassette tape and practically wore it out and then when the soundtrack came out uh i thought you know what i'm gonna buy the cd because i think that hold me through me kiss me kill me is absolutely phenomenal um correct i'm sure there are a bunch of you who probably glaze over the moment we mainly steve mentions u2 but i think this is the u2 (laughs) but i think this is the u2 song for people who don't like u2 isn't it yeah i mean because it doesn't sound like u2 at all no i guess certainly not i guess it doesn't it's got a it is it does ride along on a big kind of riff yeah and bono's voice is usually what u2 do no and and bono's voice is um uh i guess kind of it's 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 got lots of distortion on it yeah um and so he doesn't it doesn't sound like a sort of typical typical bono vocal um it was also i i mean it's a great song like i think it's a fucking great song it might be the last truly great u2 song i i i will go with you on that yeah Mm. yeah and it was given to them because they wanted Bono to play McFesto, as discussed in our U2 spe- classic album specials. They wanted Bono to play McFesto in this film. Yes, which... Mental. I was thinking, ra- around the Zuropa... Well, this would have been Zuropa, wouldn't it? Era. Yeah. That does actually make sense for that film. Mm-hmm. Uh... Yeah. Any other era of U2, it wouldn't have made sense. Even acting Baby, I don't think it would have made sense, actually, if I'm honest. But Zuropa, it kind of does um, for, for him to have been in that film. But he declined anyway, but he said, mm-hmm. but have this song. But, and then, yeah, they gave him this song yeah, as well. Uh, nominated for Golden Globe for Best Original Song, Lost to Colours Into the Wind by Pocahontas. It was also nominated for... A Golden Raspberry Award at the Razzies for Worst Original Song, where it lost to Walk Into the Wind from the movie Showgirls, which I'm not familiar with. But Worst Song, what fuck cunt, off. What cunt is nominating this for Worst Song? It's great. Uh, it's it's brilliant. a great song, as is Kiss. Like, Kiss from the Rose would be the other one. I think that's probably, at this point, the one that from this soundtrack that everybody knows. Kiss from the Rose, massive. Huge song. Uh, you Gigantic. Know, as, like as epic as bat out of hell by meatloaf i feel um and, and half the length <laughs> not, yeah. not even half the length like much 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 uh uh less time shorter there we go uh then yeah. then uh, i've had, had, had a few drinks last night um then then bat out of hell but but uh, just as yeah similarly epic um kiss of kiss from rose is 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 a brilliant song there's no two ways about it and anyone who thinks otherwise is wrong um mm. 
have I told the the funeral story on here before? I can't remember. I think you. I'll do, I'll do it very quickly. Um, uh, some of you will know very the band. Quickly, some of you will know the band Cleft. Um, and uh, Dan very sadly passed away from a brain tumor. And uh, one of the things that he uh, said in his well, oh, yes, he, want, yes, he wanted yes. everyone to sing "Kiss from a Rose" um, like great. full fettel um, at his funeral, which is one of the most bittersweet, amazing moments of my <clears> entire <throat> fucking life. So this song has obviously taken on an incredible the different resonance for me but even prior to that um this is a phenomenal song and um yeah, yeah, it, it, yeah absolutely wicked and there's a bunch of stuff sort of peppered in and around here i mean i think it ends brilliantly with eight by sunday real estate and bad days by flaming lips both of those songs were already yes, available, available on yeah. those bands albums yeah. so slight tick uh you know or not whatever um I was going to say it's like tick there you can get a tick for having but like a, a mark against it for kind of like rehashing material that was already available what I but also both um, of those bands at that time were very um, small small yeah yeah. I mean particularly Sunday Red Day particularly Sunday Red Day, really Day who small. never really became big <laughs> but yeah. Um, but yeah both were very um, got some covers on it as well hasn't it it's got a cover of The, the Damned Smash It Up by The Offspring which yep. I think is really good I remember that song from back in the day like that a lot great fun not as keen on the Michael Hutchins love Michael Hutchins love Iggy Pop but Michael Hutchins cover of The Passenger I think is a little bit cheesy to be honest okay right well mm. I actually heard the Michael Hutchins version before I heard the Iggy Pop version as far as I'm aware um, and consequently uh, I love this original i think michael hutchins does an amazing job of it i think the idea of taking the passenger as a song and making it a kind and doing an a sort of industrial take on it is actually a really good idea and i think they do it very well has dated a little bit as many industrial things from the 90s have um but i personally love it but i see what you're saying hmm yeah, it, it, it's all right. I mean, it's not appalling. I and I love Michael Hutchins. I don't want to talk shit about Michael Hutchins at all. His performance um, is brilliant. Obviously. He's great. I mean, well, he's, he's fucking brilliant. But yeah. I was a bit like, well, I'm not so sure. Um, the other ones, I mean, Brandy going full fucking funk. I mean, Brandy. Like, have we ever spoken about Brandy on this podcast? No, no, I mean, I, I, we I really, I, I really like that song. But I mm. think that for me, the and and then you know we should probably mention the Riddler by Method Man, which is mm. I think probably like the third big single from the the soundtrack as well. Um, yes, it was. It was is is pretty. I think is fairly throwaway for Method Man, but it's still cool. I think it's quite cool. Yeah, I, 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 um, I quite like i quite like it it's it's one of the only songs on the album which is about well it's not about batman but it's sort of set in the batman universe universe, which which i quite like and i I do you know obviously you know was not into hip-hop at all when i was 10 years old when i bought this track but i do remember really liking method man's voice and his intonation and the way that he Mm. you know in this flow blah 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 these are not words that would have been available to me at the time or i would have been using at the time but i i i think it's pretty decent actually i think it's okay it's not not my favorite on the record by a long way but i quite like it yeah but for me the highlights i think the two like i would massive attack on it it's okay the massive attack song yeah it's a cover of a marvelettes song called the hunter gets captured by the game 
It's not massive attack at their finest, but no, it's okay. one time too many by PJ Harvey, and particularly for me, there is a light by Nick Cave is that's the best song on here. Right, that's actually, the best. I think that's actually the best song on here, and I include "Hold Me, Thrill Me, Kiss Me, Kill Me" and oh. "Kiss from a Rose." Oh no, I don't count "Kiss from a Rose." No, Look, it's a, it's the second best song on it. I think it's better than "Hold Me, Thrill Me, Kiss Me, Kill Me" though. Wow, and I love that song. I think this is fucking brilliant. There, well, it? this like, is a little fucking brilliant. This is a little role reversal because um, I'm gonna bat for you too, and you're gonna bat for Nick Cave. Um, mm. uh, I, I I love the Nick Cave song. Don't get me wrong. I think when I when I heard it when I was ten, this is probably the first Nick Cave song I ever heard, knowing yeah. it was Nick Cave. Um, I think Red Right Hand was in the X Files soundtrack and all that kind of thing, so I probably had heard Nick Cave and stuff in the past, but wasn't aware that it was Nick Cave. Um, and when I was 10 it probably scared me shitless um i did scare quite easily um but uh yeah i'm not sure why the bad seeds aren't credited for this song because i'm pretty sure that is the bad seeds uh, mm. and they're pretty significant on the track i really really like this now i probably i probably skipped Mate, over it at the time ra- raucous sounding nick cave is my shit yeah. so yeah. like i i fucking i really like this this it, would be kit like as much as I, there are much more highly credible artists on this soundtrack the pj harvey's nick caves um sunny day real estate's flaming lips massive attacks i'm still saying that seal kiss and a rose is the is the high point I, I, of, I, of this soundtrack I, I do think it's the best song on the record the the, the seal song i i, I really mm. genuinely do and 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 i say that with absolutely no irony whatsoever it's amazing no, it's amazing um yeah. uh, i i do love hold me through by you too the let there is a light song it's brilliant i suspect it's from the let love in sessions i think nick cave and pj harvey are artists who change who you know have strong identities but change from album to album so dramatically that you can tell where the b-sides come from you can you can listen to it you go yes well that sounds like the intonation and the stuff that they were using on let love in so i suspect there is a light as a let love in b-side um i also immediately knew that one time too many is from to bring you my love i mean the organ the slinky way in which polly's singing and playing guitar um it could have slotted onto that album easily Mm. to bring you my love is the best pj harvey album i reckon um in my opinion uh and actually you know very quickly going back to the crow one you know uh i listened to that and i was like oh this isn't from to bring you my love which i expected it to be because it came out in 1996 um but found out it was from Rid of Me. And it's like, that makes sense. You can hear it straight away. If you are aware yeah. of her material, you can hear it. You go, well, that's a Rid of Me offcut. That's a To Bring You My Love offcut. That's a Is This Desire offcut. Just, you know, hence why they're amazing. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, I, I, this is, but this is a good, this is actually a much better soundtrack than I sort of maybe remembered it being. Because I remember listening to it at the time and then coming back to it. And now I was like, oh God, this is really patchy. And I actually think like for the most part, again, pretty good patchy just like the crow it's patchy soundtracks sure. generally are patchy but the highs on it you, you look at like one two three four five six seven eight eight of the 14 tracks i would say are really worth listening to yeah there's you know what it's um uh, i remember it being patchier than it is and to be honest with you i think that's because my tastes have changed dramatically like i said bought this when i was 10 um ha- probably haven't listened to this soundtrack for it might be 20 odd years a long time um 
and and my tastes have changed so so a lot of the stuff that i would not have been i like i hate i hated the pj harvey track when i was 10 i know i remember mm. i hated that song hated it and now i think pj harvey is one of the best artists this country's ever produced so you know um but yeah no it's uh it's cracking actually it's cracking yeah do you want to do are it we is. doing a versus like which is better no or no no we're just saying we're just saying i don't think you need to verse i think what we're basically saying is these soundtracks are very good and because they're from bad films really quite bad films that have kind of been long forgotten about you might have forgotten about them go and check them out yeah. so there you go batman forever and the crow city of angels um that's it uh i missed a train yesterday because we were talking about music for three hours i'm gonna miss one again in a minute if i don't go so i'm gonna cut this this podcast short right now renfrey that's fine that's what i'm gonna do not short because it has been nearly two hours <laughs> hence why <laughs> i'm i'm late i was like oh we got plenty of time no, no. we never have enough time never we never, we never have, have enough, enough time, time anyway we'll be back next week guys thank you very much for listening and i will speak to you very soon bye i will too